Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. I'm going to be looking at uh, a pretty influential comic today on uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe, but we have to let you guys know that we do have a Patreon. And the King Kayfabers on the Patreon uh, get access to the videos before anybody else, and they're watching us uh, live stream record uh, these sessions. Takes the Kayfabe effect out of their comics buying habits and uh, supports the channel. The videos are brought to you by the books that we make in 2023 is going to be a pretty big year for us here at Cartoonist Kayfabe. Uh, coming later this year is going to be the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. 504 pages, 140 pages of additional material that is not in those first four volumes. Uh, scoop that thing up, put in your pre-orders now so that we know how many of these suckers to print. Red Room Crypto Killers is going to start coming out in May. This is the last Red Room miniseries uh, to, that will be coming out for the foreseeable future on to uh, other ideas. Uh, going to be coming out on a monthly basis. Every story completely self-contained. So if you see a Red Room comic out in the wild, scoop it up, give it a give it a try. Uh, there are four volumes Hip Hop Family Tree. There are two Red Room trade paperbacks out there right now. Three volumes of X-Men Grand Design and WYSIWYG. Pretty soon out on the stands, Jimmy's uh, Street Angel Princess of Poverty book collection is going to uh, see the light of day. It's going to collect all of the Street Angel comics that did not make it into uh, Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. The pre-image comics, uh, Street Angel comics are in there. Plus, uh, I hear tell there's a story in there that's never been published. That's extra value right there. Jim Ruggs Hulk Grand Design is out there in Treasury Edition format. Scoop it up sooner than later because you're going to regret it if you don't get your hands on it this first round, man. No no word on uh, reprints. Uh, Street Angel Deadly Scroll Alive is the trade paperback that is in print right now and Plain Jane's is out there. Support the comics and keep these videos rocking. Did a, had a conversation with uh, Rob Liefeld not too long ago, Jimmy, and he was flat out made the statement it was art adams that we were all chasing it was art adams people bring up michael golden no we weren't looking at michael golden we were looking at art adams because of the influence from michael golden with the addition of other stuff presumably more manga-ish kind of imagery the masamuni shiro katsuhiro tomo like that brand of of manga it gets incorporated into that Art Adam style. He's a slow guy. He only works on special projects for Marvel. It might be a fill-in issue here, might be a fill-in issue there. Uh, he will do the annuals for some time uh, with X-Men because the guy could basically do 60 pages a year if he's if he's lucky as as a a penciler. Uh, you can't have that kind of energy on your regular books. Too many fill-ins would be needed, but when the image guys who were extremely inspired by this were coming up and had that blood in their mouths when they were becoming pros, they acknowledged the limits of their drawing ability and said, basically, we will do the hack version. We will do the monthly version of Art Adams, which ultimately would mean get a lot of lines on the paper, probably don't have the sound drawing chops, but it looks close enough to feel right. Yeah, 85, 85% of Art Adams, pretty good, better than most of the stuff that you were buying in that kind of monthly grind time right. period. Right. And it's this period specifically, man. It's the two-part saga from uh, X-Men Annual 9 and the New Mutants Summer Special, which is a, 
another book that we could look at sooner than later. I think that the New Mutants joint comes before this. This is, uh, there's some heavy hitters of inking starting with the cover here, Walt Simonson, Walt Simonson. on that cover inks. And uh, man, I, I'm, I'm following along at home in the essentials yes so seeing the black and white edition essential number six yeah essential number six you're getting about 70 pages of black and white pristine beautiful art adams comics in beautiful black way i think this first one's all terry austin uh but some of these i mean it's breathtaking yeah. i don't know who's inking which pages but yeah. i mean some of it i'm looking at it prepping for this video going is this the best uh is this the best Art Adams? It's really top-notch Art Adams. Yeah, he's firing on all cylinders here. Uh, Marvel has switched over to the flexographic printing technology, which doesn't really allow for these thin noodles. So you will see the little wiry uh, worms of lines that will show up every now and then in a uniformity. And also, whenever they switch to that format for color separations, the Caucasian skin tone, uh, it changes. Like, the dots are yeah. further apart. So I call it measles. Yeah. Because you can kind of see a, a Caucasian f peach, but you can see the dots bigger and further away, which, for this kind of penmanship, doesn't lend well. But this is the way most of you guys know the comic. This is what we'll look at. But I encourage everybody to get that uh, Essential X-Men Volume 6. I'm guessing this page is an Art Adams Inc. job. And, yeah. and I'm saying that for a couple reasons. One, I feel like there's certain drawing uh -huh. that I don't know if you're not the, the penciler that you would be doing some of these. The lines are really subtle, but they're following muscles and curves and things like that that I, I'm going to ascribe to the artist. Yeah. But also it feels like maybe he's setting the tone here by doing some of the opening pages and sort of like, hey, this is this is ideal art Adams. You would see his inking on the covers of uh, the classic X-Men and uh, a pen guy and by pen i'm talking about micron pens this dude is not dipping ink this dude is not slinging a brush to this day he he can you he can maximize what a micron pen can do probably better than anybody and nowadays he uses the microns you see him like the sepia ass microns uh he will get thick and thins and things uh when you see this kind of tear thing yeah the guys who come up later the the life the lee they'll do this exact bit on Extinction Agenda where they show like the rule calls and stuff. Totally inspired by this. One of the most badass Wolverines, you know, tight hair like that. Dutch angles on the uh, Colossus transformation pose. He is the first guy who could like make any characters look cool. You know, like when we looked at that issue 275 of X-Men and we saw the Jim Lee Deathbird and how it's like, oh, this dude, he took Deathbird over. Like everybody got inspired by like that version of Deathbird. Art Adams, Art Adams is like the first guy to come onto the scene and really make a character like Loki look like somebody that uh, you would want to draw or not. In the case of Warlock, <laughs> some of these character versions, man, I don't know, they would scare me away. Yeah, yeah, like Rob was so honest about that Warlock character, man, and I just drew him a couple of times in the X-Men Grand Design, and I never looked forward to it. For as fun of a character as he is. I can't believe the amount of work on these pages. Yeah. Many of them feature, you know, 20 characters or something scattered across the panels, as well as backgrounds and perspective, you know, and just all this just a lot of marks yes he is one of those guys he he grids off those panels when there is a perspective moment he is gridding off those panels to get 
to get accurate perspective and to place those characters into space correctly. It's these kind of marks here that the image dudes would start to really kind of fixate on. I would call this a Mignola page because Mignola would do these kind of things with like white feet and uh, just some of that stuff. That character's so tall. It's like an alien visita visitation. It doesn't look human. No. You know, and I think it's just Cannonball. <laughs> look at that for a weird effect of the... Uh, I guess that's a screen. Yeah, you just don't color it, and it's just Zipatone doing the trick. And that lets you know that, like, the Gray Hulk, that was really, like, a blue and yellow and red mixed together, like, that's what it would look like if you just did gray. It would have been such an interesting character design if they had done it that way. Yeah. It would have really been different than every other uh, comic book. Look at the depth he's able to get with with these uh, perspective pieces, man. These are the bits that the image guys didn't bring to their practice right here. The uh, knowledge of perspective and reference and coming up with uh, that kind of imaginative uh, landscape. He has a lot of cartoony stuff in his work absolutely and that's something that's hit and miss with with uh, guys who have copied him you know i think like a j scott campbell you see those cartoony bits and i, yeah. and I love that part. even mcfarlane mcfarlane but you know like jim lee i don't see it no you know there's not that cartoony kind of i don't know fun silly at times yeah and i think jim lee was leaning way more into the barry windsor smith camp yeah than, probably not than, a lot than of humor Adams. barry windsor smith's work right, right. <laughs> That guy's not joking around in his drawings. Look at him twisting these characters around, putting a bunch of characters on, on a page. Never just straight on. A lot of action. That was something I used to read all the time and trying to figure out how to make comics was like, you don't have the characters standing around doing nothing. Right. Always have them doing something. Except whenever you're doing a team book, boy, that can be a lot. He plays with body type on uh, his characters, and I think that, I, I wonder if that has some uh, George Perez influence, man. You look at, like, uh, New Teen Titans and things, and, you know, a Kid Flash has a stronger-looking leg than uh, than Robin, for instance. I always loved seeing that, because to me that means the guy cares. Exactly. Like the artist. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest for the proportions of X-Men is, is Art Adams, and he always makes sure to give you that really tiny... That Wolverine. used to be so important. Yeah. When I first started reading, it was like Wolverine had to feel short. And then like somewhere in early in my reading, that kind of went away. There's an example of your warlock right there, man. Pretty fun warlock idea there. It would be funny if like all the uh, inkers of this issue were like art. You got to ink all the warlock pages. That would be amazing. <laughs> we just, just ink the warlock. Whenever he appears, you're inking it. <laughs> somebody else's hand all around it. <laughs> And that's the thing with this issue, you know, this series of issues, uh, Art Adams was tasked with doing more than just drawing comics. He's, he's inventing character designs, like an Asgardian storm, which makes a lot of sense. It's incredible to see the hatching and the parallel lines and stuff that he's applying in 1985. Totally. Like, like this feels way ahead of what we're going, because it does define a lot of the image guys, the way they would hatch everything and all those parallel lines. I don't know that you saw it very much at this time. Here's your shades of Michael Golden right here in this kitty kitty pride face. You know, just take a look at that uh that Avengers Annual 14. I think we actually did that issue. Yeah. I think Tom has that and we and we did an episode on that. But these kind of big eyes, you know, very expressive faces. 
Speaking of like those kinds of like hatchings and things. Yeah, you want to go back one? No, 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 no. It was on this page. This is um, that square, like the screen door, I think we call that sometimes, yeah. which again, you would see some of the image dudes using that. Yes, yes. You know, that was what Rob was searching for in our chat with him. He's like, what do we call it? What do we call that stuff? But like, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. And it's just this like way to kind of break up space. But uh, because the image guys are a copy of a copy of a copy, they would put more kind of space in between the screen doors and stuff. And it'd be more, it would call way more attention to itself. That's the thing. When you look at it here, it's tonal and it's texture, but it doesn't really call attention to itself. When you have like the big blobby lines that Rob would put down on like the background of X-Force one or in those panels. Yeah. The blown up version of that is an odd thing. And looking at this in black and white, it's interesting because like he's, show it. he's, he's applying a different texture background to each, panel and it's like in today's world like it's just up to the colorist you're right. just going to give them an empty background or whatever and, and let them figure that part out but here you see it working in black and white which a lot of comics art doesn't really do now now this is the thing with uh, art adams around this period first off the dude was firing on all cylinders from word go and he's new like that long shot miniseries is like out around this time maybe a year before or something like that uh he's still he's inexperienced and he's getting a lot of work. He's getting all the work he wants in comics. Uh, and he's got to make it work for himself. And we just saw pages with all these characters. This is a flyer tier. This is a quickie, man. Draw a head, draw some silhouettes, draw a close-up. Like, we're, we're getting close to deadline time. He's famously late. Tons of Barry Windsor Smith to me in this face. A little bit, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 the brows and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but certainly around this period of time... Art is always taking flyers on like the last couple pages, and it's never more evident than the Loki page uh, on uh, this issue. There's your warlock with that. Uh, it's so funny to see Barry Bill Sienkiewicz's conceit was let's bring a Ralph Steadman mm -hmm. sensibility to it to an X Men comic. Let's see what that looks like in the Marvel universe. And what is Steadman? It's it's kinetic energy. It's like letting stuff drop on the page and spatter out. It is not Art Adams' kind of tight constipation, anal retention, clear penmanship. But this is what it looks like filtered through his vision. It's very it's fascinating. Calls to mind his work on Gumby. It does. Which is really not something I I would have expected. Right, like like when reading, you know, his his bibliography and seeing that Gumby was on there, uh, there would be periods where I have Art Adams binges when I would go to the comic shop, get a hold of thirty bucks, and like let me just like go down my Art Adams list and got those Gumby comics. We did a video on one of yeah, them. Yeah, same. That's a hell of a Castlevania panel right there, man. <laughs> I wonder if that's a Mike Mignola. If he's, <laughs> if he's calling pages out, oh, right? Man, <laughs> Yeah, they came I think up they were together. Roommates at the time. Yeah, they came up together. I don't know if they all went to that same art school, but it was like Art Adams, Mignola, and Steve Purcell, the guy from Sam and Max, who now works at Pixar. That's a that's a heck of a trinity of dudes. Yeah, a lot of talent in that in that house. Yeah, loving some of this stuff. Really wild drawing. Doug Lock, I believe, is uh, yeah. this era, right? So weird. <laughs> it really is, man. So weird, like like Warlock all mangled up there. So bizarre to think of him. Like, how do you have a Warlock that's like body language emoting something? Yeah. And character-wise, like, this is that 
you know, Enemy Mine, E.T., all of those weird, you know, human alien movies. How about this this super odd Serpent stuff yeah, that's, I don't know what that's to make drawn? That. It's an experiment. It doesn't work. Like it's off register too. Yeah, <laughs> it's worth trying. I suppose. That's a pretty strange Wolverine face. Yeah, with the little black eyes. I used to, I mean, I still draw dudes with the squinty, like, black eyes like that. Jaime would do that. Whenever we get these full bodies, man. Dude, this pose. Tell me Rob doesn't push that kind of posing in his, like, New Mutants X-Force era of comics. It's incredible that he's doing, like, what is that? Eight, eight full figures in a... Uh... I don't know, third of the page splash. We were yeah, we were looking at Galacy, man, and we were talking depth and stuff. That's one thing that that uh that doesn't exist here in these in these Adams pages is that real depth. Everything's on the same plane. You like you see what might be, you know, a, a golem or something, but it doesn't feel that big compared to the characters in the I'll background. I'll tell you, the coloring, this is where you, you can point at coloring and being like, that hurts. Yeah. Because that's your foreground and your background <laughs> yeah, the same real, exact color. Real dumb real dumb yeah makes no sense but we're getting into fear four tier pages still speaks of that like young art adams who who has to figure out how to get all of this chris claremont shit in on a page uh and that's probably the divorce between like the lightfelds and the mcfarlands who rob admitted we got those scripts and we just did what we wanted yeah and i and i i i didn't ask him clearly enough and maybe he was kind of like a good soldier but I, but you know rob and todd far away from the ex from the marvel offices they got a fedex stuff do you wait until the last possible second when you're doing that kind of thing and then and then send it off and then it can't come back or be uh i don't know if you with? have to wait like in a monthly schedule you're always near the edge uh gotta be some life death barry windsor smith influence there yeah and why not you know if you're uh if you're looking at what these standout pieces are, those are big issues. <laughs> this is where the newsprint gets dicey, dude. Especially when you have an adjacent page that has some lots of black ink on it, because this this is muddy, muddy stuff. All right, well, let's let's look at the black and white next to it then, because like I I flip to this page and I'm like looking over at color to just try to make sense of like what am I seeing <laughs> in this madness. Yeah, I it's mean, a wonder they haven't reprinted this stuff oversized. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we just gave them an idea for sure. Uh, it's all very clearly it, like it, the lines are legible. It all gets muddied uh, in the color, but yeah, you're right. You certainly need the color, and the colors doesn't doesn't look like they were particularly very inspired while uh, while doing the color on this. We often look at like that '90s stuff where it's like 300 shell casings, double lit, and right. you think like the poor colorist. But man, this is no fun either. And and by the way, like like the colorist is one thing, but then think about that little house in Connecticut with those old ladies that are cutting Ben Day dots for this kind of for this right here, you know? Like that's gotta be a nightmare. You do not want that year's Art Adams color separations to go to you <laughs> at at the at the at the house, at the sweatshop. Very obvious Star Trek uh, Enterprise kind of gimmick. With a little Kirby crackle in your space background. Yeah. I like that. I like seeing a guy who really is a new style, like an Art Adams, but having some reference in there and some reverence for uh, 
the, the man who the man who came before you know totally and uh, it could be some of the inker's hands you those, know, i don't know who's on that page but those dots are spread out a bit so to me that's like deadline crunch background because because i've, I've seen <laughs> deadline kirby crackle <laughs> yes I've, I've seen uh i've seen art adams go deep with this stuff and it's almost the same approach as like the george perez kirby crackle which is like a day's worth of dot drawing yeah not a time saver kirby crackle i feel like we're seeing a little bit more of, of that barry windsor smith proportionality in the faces and things yeah a little bit i like the use of black here as a as a way to pop those figures maybe as a way to save some time and hey you're going to cover it all in text anyway so don't kill yourself on it we've seen lots and lots of characters just kind of standing like this and, and rob will do this in his marvel comics where it's just front views bunch of characters stacked on top of one another look at Break, that breaking the rules of nobody doing anything H hagar the yeah, horrible right. <laughs> that's funny and and you know when when rob does his x-men issue we did a video on that you look at the background and you look at the aliens there's boba fett's in there there's et's in there that's quite a page those four tier pages are nuts to me because right. you're already loaded up you know this is page 34 it's not like this is a monthly that there's a little bit too much story in there right yeah, I think he had all the time in the world and, and wanted to wanted to get it all in there for the for the bosses, man. So that Chris Claremont could do his thing, but it definitely takes the dynamics away when you have to do that many pages. But uh Adams shows and proves, you know, he, he gets it in where he can, he gets a good full figure in almost every every page. Maybe he's like the inventor of the anchor page or something. I mean that's right out of the the playbook for that, that image era. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, even this little shit, you see J. Scott Campbell do these like little goofball panels and things, and there were definitely some weird like bottom tier. So that's a good one. That's a storytelling page. But uh, these weird, like those Jim Lee panels that would be these dashed out little things that get squeezed in in the in the bottom. Jim Lee would do those as like full figure but silhouettes. Yeah, I'll be honest, I loved some of those. There, there was one, and it was Wolverine. It might have been like an early extinction agenda might have been x-men 268 but i just remember like little wolverines like yeah cutting people up in black silhouette this is the one we all remember from this Money. issue dude you know seeing that in black and white is just stunning here let's take a look at that in black and white yeah. yeah admire some of those ink lines you know like some of the energy that's coming off is just so cool looking and it looks like they must go in with some white media to bust that up but just some really fun mark making around her i love the circle and having all that stuff come in there because that's your classic burst you yeah. know that goes back to the beginning of superhero comics really updated here by art adams yeah it's it looks like a big simonson page you know like mm -hmm. like si these this, the geometry of it feels simonson-ish and i feel like the letterer addresses that 100%. with this kind of workman like totally and and i mean what is simonson at the at the time it's 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 thor comics so get a little nod to workman lettering in there we know what orzakowski does typically i think the orzakowski it amazes me how much i think his lettering complements all this art and we've yeah. looked at a variety of artists on x-men books that or orzakowski's the consistent piece it adds something visually it, it really complements and that's one of those things i criticize for a lot of the digital lettering today where it looks like you're just dropping word balloons on top of stuff here it just it's like part of the art totally uh, the freaking Art Adams does not do himself any favors when he designs characters because like this chainmail stuff that is on Storm's outfit, the the sort of down planes are the only pieces that gets inked. It all wraps around the character, so you have to understand the volume of the legs and shit in perspective 
because that tube might start to when it need to go the other way that's that's hard drawing man it's no fun for anybody <laughs> skulls yeah. in the mouth cavity in that tiny little panel the size I'm of sure a, if you're at home you miss that the, st the size of a postage stamp i read this comic a million times and never noticed that unbelievable yeah the splashes like the half splashes that he sprinkles throughout the issue just blow my mind by the way this upshot with that nose that is a Rob Liefeld toad nose from early X-Force. Just that kind of Whoville gimmick. Yeah. I've also pulled that a couple of times on live streams whenever we yeah. turn on the camera. <laughs> We're turning it off. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool marks right there. Mm -hmm. Any of the updates of like some of the Kirby markings I always find really fun. We're, we're winding down to, to the end of the issue. I see so much Jim Lee on some of these pages. Yeah. When I think of his X-Men, he must have been channeling a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, keep in mind, it's it's very well-drawn characters standing around in front and side views. Like, we're, we're, we're winding down. Like, art is running out of freaking time, man. <laughs> fewer, fewer characters per page. Although, until you turn here and go, go nuts, this is a pretty sweet page, but that's very simplified compared to some of the pages that we've looked at in yeah. this issue. Yeah, yeah, he was taking it easy, doing only a six-panel page and then only a four-panel page. How much does that black and white panel pop? Yeah, yeah. Talk about, you know, like, the colorist really kind of, like, holding back and, and using that to great effect. I would bet you this is a Mignola. And I say that because, you know why I say that? Because, and it's so weird, it's because stuff like a Cosmic Odyssey and things, mm -hmm. who is not inked by Mignola, looks like this. You know what I see there is P. Craig Russell, and I realize he's right. not credited, but there's some, some crossover with Mignola and P. Craig Russell in the 80s. And it's that shit. So, like, like that mouth is the way Mignola drew mouths at this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that one up to Mignola. I really love how all those lines pretty much radiate. Like, even on her cape, they're kind of radiating yeah. out from that center explosion point. <laughs> and then Art Adams is out of steam, baby. He's done. This is it. This is Art Adams right here, dude. This first, this top tier, just... <laughs> head, head falls down. <laughs> I, I drew 70 pages of comics this year in two big, uh, in two big special editions. Let me just get a little half-splash with two characters and be done about it. Give me my motherfucking check. Man, who's inking this hand? That's a quickie. Did they did they add that in-house? In Is that a Marvel bullpen edition? Did they redraw a hand or something? Because those lines don't look like anybody else's marks. Some interesting stuff on Loki's face mark-wise, but this hand looks like somebody else came in and put that there. That looks real fast, man. Yeah, I was thinking Dan Green, and, and I that's a compliment. I love Dan Green's inks. But it's different than any of the other marks that I've seen in this issue. You know what would be funny as shit, dude? Is if this storm drawing, like, might be from something else in here. And if it's a paste-up. To just, like, really get this thing done quick. That would be incredible. Because the lines are different than the character. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're even different than, the, than Loki's face in the background. Like, that yeah. hand looks like a different hand. <laughs> right. I wonder if the hand wasn't there or if it was a different drawing. or It just doesn't make sense. Something, you know, you, something looks different. You, you see that stuff here, though. Like some of these marks on the full, the uh, the uh, drapery. But yeah, this is like what I always point to. Like, wow, they got that one done quick. Like that shit had to get wrapped up and go to the printer right away. Yeah, this might have been the FedEx dudes here. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just take this hand real yeah, quick. Dude, dude, can you just hang out for a second? Go get a beer, man. 
what a great issue. This is an issue that I picked up for ten cents. Ten cents. Yep. I was there. <laughs> Heroes Con on a on a on a day before the show opened. Yep. Man, that was a good score. Boxes of ten cent comics, and and you pulled the this one and that uh, New Mutants join out pretty quick. Yeah, that was a uh, that's one of those great finds, which probably illustrates how pathetic my life is that that stands out. Listen, highlight. You're the king of cartoonists, <laughs> Kayfabe. God damn it, you good to go? I am. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available and uh, join our Patreon. The King Kayfabers on our Patreon get all of the videos before anybody. Uh, they are also watching us live stream record these videos, uh, which would suggest that they're getting the cheapest copies of X-Men Annual 9 on the aftermarket on, on Amazon, on eBay. But the vids are brought to you by the books that we make. So Jimmy, let the people know what you have out there, dude. Hulk Grand Design, The Plain Janes, and Street Angel Deadly Girl Live are all available in print right now. My next book is Street Angel Princess of Poverty coming out from Image Comics in a couple of months. You can pre-order that now. This collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadly Girl Alive going all the way back to the 20th anniversary first story also features a story that hasn't been published yet so some new material in there as well and you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see my new comics being serialized every tuesday the hip-hop family tree omnibus is coming out at the end of this year man uh 504 pages which collects all four volumes of of the uh hip-hop family tree books that are out there it's going to have 140 pages of additional art and material that is not in those first four books. Get it while it's hot. Put in your pre-order so that we know how many of these things to print up. Uh, Red Room is going to begin again with Crypto Killers number one in May. It'll be coming out on a monthly basis. Just finished up all the, the comics work uh, that goes into making that. So it should come out reliably. Each issue self-contained. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Two trade paperbacks are out there full of Red Room comics to this day. Uh, three volumes of X-Men Grand Design and WYSIWYG are out there. Jimmy, what else do we have going on? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. Great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.